Listener production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, we're joined by Jay-Z Clark to dissect Brisbane's gritty win against St Kilda last night. There's a bit of a class gap between the two teams. We look back on Thursday night's win by the Cats. Where does that leave the Demons? And Jay-Z gives us his prediction. What will be the big story to come out of the weekend? That's all up next on Footy Talk. It's Footy Talk on this Saturday morning, round 16. It's where you get all your news, analysis from the world of AFL. And joining me as he does every Saturday morning, Jay-Z Clark. Good morning, Jay. We will chat about both games Friday night and Thursday night footy. Haven't been the highest quality games to start the round. We've lacked a bit of zest, a bit of our Thursday, Friday night footy in recent weeks. Yes, it's true. It gets to this part of the season, Joey. We're in the deep grind, aren't we? The middle of winter, it's uh, getting cool. Or in winter, it's getting cool. Last night, I thought for me, what stood out? Well done, Brisbane. Deserved it, toughed it out. One in Melbourne, twenty-two point winners. Yep. It was a first half set the job, set the, the game up. Really, they probably could have been further in front. And of course, uh, we will speak about Harris Andrews, but he was best on ground, and yep. Eric Hipwood kicking four goals. Yes, uh, and I think both um, great players for the Lions. For me, the big story out of this was a bit of a reveal on St Kilda's list for mine. What I thought was this told the story that. St Kilda has done a great job to play absolute capacity and high in high energy for the first half of the season. But coming up against the top four component with a lot of talent, I sort of feel like the work rate that St Kilda has been getting on by just isn't going to compete. So I think Ross touched in his press conference and said, well, you know, maybe we're missing a bit of speed and power in there, which I think was a bit of a, um, you know, a, a mild way of saying we we got to inject some some um, A graders in there. So I think um, St Kilda done a great job to this point to be able to get to where they are, but it's going to be hard for them to maintain that high energy, really demanding game plan in the second half of the season. And as Ross said, they're on a bit of a mission of uh, of exploration throughout the year. And last night, I told him a bit about where some of the crew was at. Is that your? Is am I being harsh on the no, St Kilda list? No, no, you're not at all. And yep. there's really there's there's sort of two angles with St Kilda. There's this season and what they're doing, yeah. and then the bigger picture yeah. of St Kilda. And you're right. And I think the club and have been open. The bigger mm. picture is they still need to inject more talent, more depth, uh, high end draft picks, and also you know some of the periphery. They probably need to. To get better, so that's no doubt. But in the meantime, they've been very competitive and yep. they've been winning games. And I think you're right. Last night showed that Brisbane Lions just a better team. Yep. They, they've got more talent. They're more advanced. So I don't think anyone's any St Kilda people are going to sit back and be surprised yep. necessarily. Um, whether Saints still play finals, I think they still can because mm-hmm. their their system stacks up. And as long as they beat the teams around them and below them on the ladder, yep. um, they'll give themselves a chance. But again, the finals, if they play a final, it's a great result. Still, it's just a stepping stone to the bigger picture, and really, they're chasing that flag, and they've still got a bit of work to do. They're hard to beat now, St Kilda. Like, Brisbane yeah. had to play well to beat right. them, and they haven't always been hard to beat. They've been inconsistent. So I think they've been hard to beat, and I take my hat off uh, to them out of that. What about Brisbane? They got the job done. You mentioned the bookends, Harris Andrews. Is he the All-Australian um, fullback, and is it time to go easy on Eric Hipwood? Because he's a bloke who gets kicked around a little bit. Is he is he starting to prove a, a few people wrong? Well, Harry Kipwood's got these capabilities. We've seen him do this. I think the, the knock on um, on Harry Kipwood, and to a lesser extent Joe Danaher, but certainly has been the case as well, it's their inconsistency. Mm. Because we see their high level, what they can produce, but then their, their sort of worst games of, of sort of there's a big gap. 
between, between theirs and some of the other they key They can be forwards. pox. They can be pox. <laughs> so I think that's why there's a, there's a bit more of a, a harsher criticism towards them, which I still think is fair. But, but we'll give them their flowers when they play well. Joe yep. Danaher's had a really good year after mm-hmm. that bit of a, a rough start and Hipwood, who's come out of a slump, and he's been very good. So, I mean, some of the harsh comments have been around that Brisbane can't win a flag with Joe Danaher and Eric Hipwood yep. as your forwards. I mean, that sort of stuff's a bit is a bit over the top because they're just going to have to stand up in a big final is really what people are getting at. They were both very good. Harris Andrews, All-Australian, I think that is something that has snuck under the radar a bit, uh, his role this year. But that's been off the back of Jack Payne, mm. now taking the key monster. He took he took uh, Max King to the cleaners last night, yep. allowed Harris Andrews to take his nine intercept marks and, and do as he pleased. You spoke about the forwards, and then I thought – we're now starting to get the real fruits of the uh, the, the Josh Dunkley inclusion into this midfield. We are now seeing the Lockie Neal, Dunkley, Batman, Robin combination that we thought was going to be potent. Yeah. It's sort of been a little bit like they've both played well, but yeah. at different stages. And um, Neil started the year well. Dunkley took a little bit of time. Now Dunkley's flying. Mm. St Kilda put a bit more work into Dunkley. Mm. And then Lockie Neal gets off the chain. Mm. Ten clearances at his best. So uh, they, they tick every box, the Brisbane Lions. And uh, I said it in the, on the, the midweek rub when I was asked the Fugazi from uh, Rudy mm-hmm. here about the Brisbane Lions. We know what we're going to get from Brisbane. They're yep. going to be a top four team. Yep. They're, they're going to be in the finals. The question is, can they get over that hurdle of a prelim, which maybe looks like it might be away from home unless they can mm. win a first final and get to their grand final? Because that's where that's now the standard. Yep. Five years of, of playing finals footy, a grand final, nothing less will be uh, satisfactory for Brisbane. Yeah, they beat Melbourne at the MCG last year, then had their pants pulled down by Geelong, 71 points. You know that's going to be the big storyline if they're facing a big cutthroat final in Melbourne at the uh, MCG. You're right about Dunkley. I mean, he could he could win their best and fairest this year, Josh Dunkley. So yeah. he wins the Bulldogs' best and fairest last year, changes clubs. I'm trying to think, who was the last player to to have done that, to win back-to-back best and fairest? Maybe Juddy or someone. Did Juddy do it? Oh, that's the one oh, who I thought yeah. of, Juddy. Uh, but beyond that, I think we need to go work and find out, you know, from the stats files. But what a phenomenal effort. Shows what a professional he is. The Bulldogs missing some of his selflessness, hardness in their midfield, um, maybe. But um, big game against Richmond. Marlon Pickett back for that for the Tigers. Next week, the Lions in a repeat of that, um, uh, the elimination final, excuse me. So looking forward to that one up at the Gabba. At the Gabba. Hey, I want to get your thoughts on the Thursday night game, Geelong v Melbourne, an update on Paddy Dangerfield. And we will look ahead to the weekend's footy and have our big prediction. That's all to come. If you're listening to Footy Talk and you're listening on the Apple Podcast or Spotify, please hit the like button or leave us a review or rating new episodes every day at lunchtime. Listening to Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, hit us up on Instagram or on TikTok. I'm here with Jay Z Clark. Let's wind it back to Thursday night just quickly. Geelong v Melbourne. Cold, wet, scrappy game of mm. footy for three quarters, and we thought it was going to be an arm wrestle. Melbourne looked like they were in control around the footy, getting the, the, the clearance numbers in the game in their forward half, and then all of a sudden, start the fourth quarter, bang. Yep. Geelong just put the foot down. They kicked five goals in 10 minutes after kicking five goals in three quarters and put the game to bed. <laughs> and Gary Rowan, what a story. So he knocks out his mate Jeremy Cameron and then becomes the match winner. These are sort of ups and downs that is sort of how typified Gary Rowan's career in a sense, but they've stuck, they've maintained their faith and he can certainly certainly turn it on when required. I can't get a read on Melbourne, Joey. I've, pre-season, I thought they were the team to beat. I've kept the faith a little bit, but I'm starting to wobble and waver. Grandy or Grandy or whatever you want to call it, the forward connection worries me a bit. The back line's been pretty solid. 
Where where have you got them? You you read I'm, this as well as anyone. Yeah, I, I'm a bit like you. I've been bullish on them all the way through, and then Thursday night you start to look and you go, okay, are they just not as good as those cup, top couple of teams, or is it just a little a couple of tweaks they can make to get back to their best? Because yeah. all of a sudden they've gone back to being too defensive, mm. and the numbers stack that up over 100 points. They're averaging the first. Nine weeks, then now the last five weeks, it's down to like sixty-five points. It's yeah. a dramatic drop away, and yep. I just wonder whether they're, to, you know, they're focusing so much on on how they want to defend that they are just losing their ability to score mm. and a bit reactive. And I think everyone's talking about the forward line, but I look at it further up the field. It's the ball movement. Right. So the ball movement can create good leads in forward of the ball, but everything's coming in slow and mm. held up. Mm. And that's why it's getting kicked to a pack, and that's not suiting Bailey Fritch or young Van Royen competes, but he's still only 19, and they're just not getting any fluency with their ball movement. So something they're going to have to look at, I'm not giving up on them yet. I think Clayton Oliver's probably going to be – I think we maybe underestimate how big of a player he is yep. because that allows Petrarca to play more Straight in the up. forward half. And then he can win more contests in the front half. He's their best forward half player. So, yeah, some slight question marks about Melbourne. And I want to fire back at you about the Cats. What does it mean for Geelong? Yes. There's a big if about them. We knew that. It's a, it's going to be an if, if, if all the way up until yep. if they play finals. I just don't think you can put a line through them because it just shows you if they get, they get in – you know, and they've got everyone available, Hawkins, Cameron, et cetera. The midfield's a query. You can get them in the midfield because they don't have the depth. But if you've got Tom Stewart, who's probably one of the best defenders in the league, and Jeremy Cameron at the other end, you just know if they get a decent look at it, enough supply, then they could probably beat anyone on their day. And you know there's organisation. Could they win on the road? Could they win up at the Gabba? Gee, possibly. You do worry about the midfield a little bit, but it just showed. I mean, they're a lot better at home, but I can't. I just, I think they sneak in. And I think they roll the dice. I think they maybe make it to a preliminary final and then see how they go. So um, I take my hat off to them a little bit. <coughs> Can I just just quickly um, on the Ds? At the start of the year, when I watched that uh, pre um, preseason game against St Kilda, they look like they're going a lot more inboard and direct, taking the ball off the line. Have they gone away from that? And is Ben Brown the answer? Well, does, does he need to come back in? Because he's been in the twos for two months. He has. I agree. I think their ball movement, the, the a bit more um, courage they'll take and go to the top of the square, a bit more through the corridor, a bit more overlap run. It mm. looks like they've lost that. You can't mm. picture Melbourne getting that overlap run, can you? So I think they need to find that. If they keep playing the slow way they're going, I don't think Ben Brown's the answer because he doesn't help them contested-wise. But if they get some speed on the ball and, and some ball movement, maybe they need to get a look at him again. Mm. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating one, and we'll keep watch. But I'm sure Melbourne will still be a top-four team, and we'll see the form they're playing at the end of the year. Let's quickly look through the other games because there's a couple of big ones. We'll skip Sydney West Coast. That's a pretty boring one. Fremantle Essendon <laughs> is the other game tonight. Fremantle surely have to bounce back. Oh, I, I think the Dockers are good things in this. Um, I don't know whether Essendon can get the job done on the road. Without Draper in particular. Um, so you admire the Bombers and everything they've done this year to put themselves in a position to play finals. Surely, if Fremantle fall over tonight, at the Bunsen burner goes up, right? The spotlight goes up. The magnifying glass goes on. You know, I think Justin Longmuir has, has had a blessed run. He hasn't come under any scrutiny whatsoever. Well, a bit of scrutiny early in the year. You reckon? You know, reckon oh, for the way they were playing, about the yeah, game style. No, yeah, that's probably fair. But I think I think this is just absolutely must win, and I think the Dockers get the job done over yeah, it's a, I agree with you completely. Talking yeah. about sharpening the pens, what will the journos be doing if the Gold Coast get rolled to the Hawks?
yes. up at uh, the Gold Coast on Saturday, on Sunday. Yeah. Storyline will be about Stewie Jew, won't it? Won't he? I mean, it's all, he's already on a knife's edge, isn't he? And you feel for him uh, to some degree. But it's, um, I think the AFL needs the Suns to play finals or to seriously threaten to be in a position to play finals in the last round or two of this season. And if they're not, I think as an organisation, they're going to find it really hard to back in the same structure. What's their message? The same again? I think they'll be – when you've got Damien Hardwick on the, on the shelf – I just think they'd have a good look at him if they're not in a position to play finals of Suns, but that's been a familiar story for them. And then Collingwood Adelaide, we know they played a beauty only seven weeks ago when the Pies got up, they were 16 points down at three-quarter time and won that game by a point. Good test for the Crows. They're struggling away from home. They don't play at the MCG very often at all, so they get a look at the MCG, but they also get a look against the Red Hot Pies. And for me, it's some of these kids who have just jumped out of the ground for the Crows. You probably know them a lot better than me. Like Jake Saligo, Chase Jones. If they walk down mm. Chapel Street. Michael Lanny. <laughs> Michael Lanny, <laughs> the hard nut in defence. So I think it's a great test for uh, for the Crows. They got done, of course, in that last-minute thriller earlier in the season on their home deck. Now it'll be much tougher at the MCG. We're calling that the Sunday rub on Sunday. So I'm fascinated to see how Jeremy Howe comes back. And does he just take off and continue to fly for marks? Or is he a little bit, I don't know, a bit more circumspect early? That was a horrific broken arm. It's yep. great to see him back in the side. Yep. Uh, him and Jamie Elliott will keep an eye on how they go. But, yes, the Pies look like they should be able to get the job done at the MCG. Right, as we always do to finish up, what will be the back page headline either Sunday or Monday, Jay-Z? What do you reckon we're going to be talking about? I think we're going to be talking about the rich list. Uh, it's coming out this weekend and on Monday, the top 100 paid players, News Corp, right around the country have been working exhaustively, extensively for the past six weeks. Joe is breaking into filing cabinets and sort of raiding accountants' office and all that sort yep. of stuff. Please don't take me seriously. We didn't do that, of course. So we're talking about payers' play. Uh, players pay, whether it should become more transparent um, in the game, who's on the big bucks, who's getting the pay rises. So keep an eye on that in all the um, news calls. In simple terms, conditions. are the best players getting paid enough? No, I think they deserve a bit more of a whack. Right. So maybe we'll, we'll, is there some sort of extra marquee payment or next Love to a player it. or two gets a little top Love up. it. Hey, tomorrow we'll go around the grounds, analyse all the action from Saturday's games. Until then, enjoy your Saturday. Listener.